Episode one, are angel numbers biblical? Hello, and welcome to the Bible and the Geek podcast, the podcast that helps Christian women discover their inner theologians. My name is Wendy Coop, and I am your host. So let's get into this inaugural episode of the Bible and the Geek podcast, where we are coming out swinging on the topic of angel numbers. And you may be wondering, Wendy, why are you talking about angel numbers? That seems a very random thing to make the first episode of a brand new podcast about. And I would agree, it is seemingly random. However, nothing is random in this world. And I chose this topic because at the time of this recording, whether you're watching this live or listening or watching it later on YouTube, it is November 11th, 2023. It is Veterans Day. But for those caught up in the New Age movement or in various other circles, it is 11-11. And for people in those situations, they believe something mystical is going on today. There's some power behind the fact that it is 11-11. And, and I wanted to dive into that topic um, based on some emails that I received and also because I think it is a very important thing to talk about because just a little bit of truth and a lot of lie can still sway people away from biblical truth. So with that, let's get into uh, angel numbers. So we're going to, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen and we're going to look at a, an article from gotquestions.org. If you're listening to this audio, don't worry. Uh, the link to the article will be in the show notes. So we're just going to go ahead and look at that. And it says, what are angel numbers? And again, this is gotquestions.org. And it says, it is not an uncommon occurrence to see the same numbers several times over the course of a few weeks or even years. The repeated numbers could show up in the time of day, common digits on license plates, or the date of a birthday. New age observers have decided that numbers that show up repeatedly are not coincidental. Rather, they are messages from angels or spirit guides. They claim that these guides nudge you to look up at the right moment to catch a glimpse of these numbers. New Agers even give ideas as to what these numbers might mean. So that is essentially what an angel number is. It's this idea that if you see these numbers repeated, um, that it is your angel or spirit guide drawing your attention. And some people even go so far as to say that these numbers are powerful such that if you, uh, let's loosely use the term manifest. If you, if you put your being into what you want out of the quote unquote universe, on days like today or at specific times with these repeated numbers, then you are more likely to manifest what you want. Now, there are a number of problems with this point of view and gotquestions.org does um, go over some of these. And the first is that spirit guides are not protected, helpful angels. That, that is the first, <laughs> that is indeed the first problem. Because when they actually exist, they are disguised demons attempting to lead us into sin 
or destruction. And interacting with demon guides is expressly forbidden in the Bible. And you can see that in Leviticus 20, 27. And James 4, 7 tells us to resist the devil and he will flee. So we are not to trust and follow them. Remember, angels are messengers of the Lord. Um, and if they are appearing to you, as we have seen throughout the Bible, they are appearing with a message from God. So that leads us, that doesn't lead us into the next point, but we'll just table that for a second. So the next point is, is that this is actually a practice of numerology and numerology is an occult practice. It has no basis in scripture and it is, has no place in the Christian life. This is not just gotquestions.org saying this, this is Wendy saying this as well, in my opinion, based on what I have read in the Bible. And I will give you some verses on that. It has no place in the Christian life. And although there are numbers in the Bible that have specific meanings, like the number seven, like the number 40, like the Trinity, that doesn't mean that every number has a hidden meaning. This is very important because numerology is a form of fortune telling. Okay. And the Bible expressly forbids fortune telling. We are not to try to guess what is going to happen in the future using anything other than God. Like God is the only one who knows what's going to happen in the future. It's not our job to try to foretell this. And so you can look in the following verses, Leviticus 19.31, Deuteronomy 18.10 through 13, and Galatians 5.19-20. Specifically, the passage in Galatians says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, and it goes on uh, before it talks about um, the fruit of the spirit. So um, if there was any doubt, I know that there are some people will say, well, that stuff in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, that was just Old Testament stuff. No, Paul talks about it again in his letter to the church in Galatia. So this is not simply an Old Testament versus New Testament issue. This is just an issue because things like numerology and other occult practices take you away from putting your focus on God. It takes away the idea that you would rely on God for your source, for your information, for your, for your life, for your well-being, and puts it in the hands of man. And man is now trying to take the place of God. And that is not what we are called to do as believers. So the third point that gotquestions.org makes is that God communicates with us through his word, not the face of an alarm clock. And I know that they are being facetious here, but basically what they're saying is he established the Bible to give us what we need to know about him. And we know this from 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, where it says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
And there are wise counselors to help us apply the Bible to our lives. And we see this in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, where uh, Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. In other words, he's saying, I am imitating Christ. And so you can look to my example and imitate me. So um, nowhere in the Bible does it suggest that God communicates through hidden meanings and numbers outside of the Bible. Like that's just not a thing. So going back to this repeated number issue, if repeated numbers don't mean an angel is trying to get our attention, what does that mean? Who else could be trying to get our attention? Well, demons. And some of you are very afraid of the D word. You, It's like you don't even believe that spiritual warfare even exists, but I'm telling you it does um, and the more you draw closer to God or the closer you draw to God, hello, I can get my grammar right. The closer you draw to God, the more dangerous you become in the spiritual realm to those who are trying to seek to keep us from a full relationship with God. And obviously our relationship will be full and complete when Jesus returns or when we are um, in heaven and fully with God. But as we draw closer to God, as we worship more and be in community more and go to our local church more and be in the word more and pray more, these attacks come because they are trying to keep you from God, okay? So things that take your attention off of God and put them on something else, like these repeated numbers coming at you from potential demonic activity, it, it tells us that there is something at work. So we'll, and we'll get into Ephesians six in a minute. Um, cause I don't want to discount what Paul says to the church at Ephesus. Um, but what it says here in the gotquestions.org article, and let me make this bigger so you can see it is that seeing repeated numbers doesn't mean an angel is trying to get our attention or a demon for that matter. So it may not be either. It just may mean that you are more attentive to that number. So like today, it is November 11th. So you may be more inclined to see 1111 because you know that it's 1111. Another example of this is when I was delivering pizza one year. Yep. One year I had a job delivering pizza and on September 11th, um, which is to historically a very difficult day for me as, as a veteran who was on active duty on November or on September 11th, that particular day I went to an apartment who's where the apartment number was nine 11. Okay. So it doesn't, it didn't mean anything except that I was more attentive to the numbers nine one one or nine 11 because it was September. The date was September 11th. So I was just hyper tuned to those uh, numbers. And so what gotquestions.org says is that like when you buy a new car and suddenly, suddenly start seeing your car everywhere, our minds automatically see what we are familiar with. And this is one reason why it's so important to regularly study the Bible. And it references Psalm 119. So, um, one of the things that I wanted to caution you about, like I said, I'm, I mean, it's not in these repeated numbers are not angels trying to get your attention. Okay. 
because we all know that if God wants our attention, he will get our attention. Okay. Angels bring messages from the Lord, but not disguised in these hidden random numbers that you seem to be hyper attuned to. There is no power in the fact that today is 1111. There was a author, a New York Times bestselling author, um, who, to the best of my knowledge, still believes in, she calls herself, she professes to be a Christian, but she um, believes in the power of the number 11. And she released her book, her first book on the 11th of November of 2011. So 11, 11, 11, because she believed that that number, that combination of numbers would be significant and powerful and would somehow bring her luck. This person has since gone on to have psychics on her podcast and things like that, causing a lot of division and dissension between believers, non-believers, agnostics, and everyone else in between because it's confusing. Because if you say you believe in Christ, if you say you believe in the Bible, and you do things that we know are contrary, then it makes people confused as to what exactly you believe. Or, or, and it could be an and situation, and it causes people to not believe in the God of the Bible, to not believe in the veracity of the Bible, or to just simply believe that that must not be important to the life of a believer if so-and-so says that they are a believer, and yet they do these worldly things. Okay, because we are called to live in the world, but not be of the world. So I promised that I would go back to Ephesians uh, chapter six, and we are going to do that right now. This is a letter Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. There were a number of letters to the church at Ephesus, but um this passage you may remember because this is the armor of God passage. And so I want to share that with you. I'm going to read it directly from Bible.com. So I'm going to go back to sharing my screen. And starting at verse 10, Ephesians verse chapter 6, verse 10. This is the Christian Standard Bible. Paul says this. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. So that was Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 18. And the reason I wanted to draw your attention to that before we ended this episode 
is that Paul is very clear, just as Jesus was very clear, that there is an enemy. But we are not left without means with which to defend ourselves and to keep our faith intact when that enemy lobs um, attacks against us. We have this full armor of God, this armor that has been given to us by God, faith, truth, righteousness, and our one offensive weapon. And I don't know if you've caught this, or maybe you've noticed this from other studies on the armor of God, but our one offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And this is why it is important for us to be in the word. For us to, to put the word of God on our hearts, as David said, um, he said, uh, I, I can't think of the, this is so embarrassing. I can't think of it right now. I'm thinking of every other thing that David said, but I can't think of the, the verse that I want. If you know what I'm talking about, put it in the comments below this video. Um, but he, but David talks about how he keeps the word of God on his heart so that he may not sin against the Lord. Okay. That's the verse that I'm talking about. When Jesus was tempted by the devil at the end of his time in the wilderness, after his 40 days of fasting, he combated the attacks of the enemy with the word of God. The devil said, Hey, if you're the son of God, why don't you do this? And Jesus came back with, no, the word of God says this. When the devil said, well, if you bow down to me, I will give you everything. And Jesus says, no, the word of God says this. So these are what some people would call fighting words. And I love that because there is a book by Ellie Holcomb called Fighting Words, where she helps take you through the memorization of scripture so that when these attacks come, you've got your offensive weapon. You can cut down those attacks. Like you've got your shield, you've got your helmet, you've got the sandals, you've got the belt, you've got the, you've got the armor. But I'm telling you that offensive weapon, that word of God is key because it's not just enough to repel. You actually have to fight. And we're going to do a whole study on the armor of God and, and what this means in, in, modern times in the 21st century in 2023, 2024. But what I'm telling you is a lot of people are scared of spiritual warfare and they are scared of the enemy who is a loser anyway, because that means you actually have to fight. But when we fight, we fight on our knees. Some of us are older, so we're not going to get on our knees, but you know what I'm saying? Like we are fighting in prayer the battle belongs to the Lord. So if you, um, I will give you a couple of songs that you can cue up. Uh, so the battle belongs or battle belongs by Phil Wickham. Sea of victory by elevation. I think it's elevation worship raise a hallelujah. Um, I forget who sings that, but that's a really good song as well. But in Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham. There's a, there's a part where he says, so when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. In every fear, I'll lay at your feet. I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Keep those things in your mind, at the forefront of your mind and on your heart. As you go throughout these days, you will be tested. 
but that's okay because you have been given everything that you need to combat the enemy who in the end will lose. And he knows that he's just trying to take as many people down with him as he can. That is not going to be you because you will stand strong in your faith and stand strong in the Lord. And if you are having a problem, if you need prayer, reach out in the comments, reach out to somebody you trust who can pray with you and go over the word with you, but you are not alone. You are never alone. And don't let that lie of the enemy keep you from seeking community and, and worshiping with other believers. Okay. So that is all I have for today. If you would like to dive deeper into some Bible verses that will help shore up the foundations of your faith, I actually have a Bible reading plan called Foundations of Faith. And it is a free Bible reading plan. It is 21 days long to take you through both the Old Testament and the New Testament so that you can know what you believe, why you believe it, and help you communicate it with grace and confidence. You can find that reading plan at faithbibleplan.com. That's faithbibleplan.com. Thank you so much for joining me on this inaugural episode of the Bible and the Geek podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe so that you know when future episodes drop. Leave a comment. Let me know what is your favorite piece of the armor of God? What is it that you like the most? And if you are listening to this audio, please be sure to follow the podcast in your favorite podcast app. I will see you in the next episode. Again, my name is Wendy Coop, and this is the Bible in the Geek podcast. See you next time. Bye.